0: Hi, wine delusters. This episode's all around being a tour guide. Welcome to the Wine delust podcast. My name's Janine. In this season, I'm speaking to a dozen very impressive women that work in the wine and broader hospitality and tourism industry. Each episode will focus on one particular job, and we'll learn what skills you need the best parts of the work, and the most challenging parts. So pour yourself a glass and let's get started. Have you ever thought about how different your holiday plans are when you do a tour to when you do independent travel? Tour guides can tell you the history, point out something that you would otherwise wander by, or let you in on some of the local secrets. And in today's episode, we're speaking to two tour guides, from two very different companies. My first guest is Laura Jalia, who is a driver with Van de Vin. She takes guests out to wineries in the Canberra Wine District. Welcome Laura. Welcome Laura, thank you for joining me on the Wine to Lust podcast. Thank you for
1: having me. So you work for Van de Vin. Yes. Can you tell us about your role there? I am a tour guide at Van Duvin, actually. Oh, Duvin, sorry. <laughs> but the, what we we say here in Australia, Van Duvin. But I guess yeah, yes. sort of. Because you used to live in on, France. On, yes, yes, exactly. So I have to say Van Duvin because my family would kill me, my French family, if I said it the other way. But it, yeah, here we say Van Duvin. I work as a tour guide, so we do small groups up to about ten and um, drive them around different wineries. Some, you know, a little bit off the beaten track take them to lunch, um, light lunch or a big lunch, and just um, introduce them to the beautiful world of Canberra Wine Region. And so your job is around the driving. So that's
0: obviously one of the skills that you need for the, for the job, to have a driver's licence. <laughs> yes,
1: you definitely need a driver's licence. Uh, luckily, I've been driving noisy kids for four years so I can cope with <laughs> any sort yeah. of raucous behaviour in the back. But uh, it's pretty easy, except for at the moment, I would say, because it is pothole city, so you have to kind of yeah. drive a little bit like Dodgham car. But generally, no, we're in Canberra region. It's, it's pretty easy. As long as you have your licence, you'll be fine. In your fleet, mm. what type of cars do you have, Laura? So we have a, a land discovery do Like a big out. four-wheel yeah. drive. I'm not a real cub. No, no, that's <laughs> right. So it's, yeah, big four-wheel drive. Uh, we have a Jag for the smaller groups. Oh. And we also have the Cab Sav.
0: <laughs> Which is
1: like the London taxi. <laughs> Which is a London taxi. For bigger groups, we'll rent out, uh, you know, a bigger
0: van to get. So that. you don't need... Um... All of those ones you can do on your standard driver's license. Yeah,
1: if you don't go over a certain limit, I think it's uh, the 12-seater bus, the van, then you don't need your... It's like driving a big car.
0: Oh, fantastic. And they're all automatic?
1: Or do you need a manual license? Yes, all automatic, except the European ones. You just have to remember that it's the the flickers on the other side. Oh, the blinkers. Yeah. Yeah, so you're always kind of... Oh, I'm yes. always putting the windscreen wipers on. and I was like, oh, I can drive. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> it's just a European. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's exciting. That sounds fun. That sounds yeah, really fun. It
0: is. Did you need to know a lot about wine before you became a tour guide for the wineries, or?
1: Me personally, I did do a little bit of tour work when I was in Bordeaux. So I started. I lived in France. So I did a little bit of that. And I find that if I don't have a knowledge of what I'm talking about I feel quite uncomfortable so I'm sure some people can sort of get away with it a little yeah. bit but I think personally you need to have some sort of passion for the area um, I definitely have a passion for wine I've been studying for a while now I did my WSET three level three not so very, long ago which was good yeah that's a great achievement yeah I was very happy and so with that it just gives you that little bit of depth often the clientele are just discovering wine but sometimes actually they're quite knowledgeable and I would feel very uncomfortable if I didn't have that depth of knowledge and plus I like teaching people about wine and learning about wine so for me you have to have a curiosity definitely and a passion for wine and hopefully food as well. And,
0: and probably the local area, do you get lots of questions about the history of Canberra or anything mm, like that or not so not much? Not
1: so much, because most of the clientele at the moment are Australian based, many of them are canberra based. Right, so they I, just want to go yeah. out to the wineries. Yeah and discover the wineries. But I think once hopefully the internationals will come in, we've had a few of them I've had a few on my tour uh and interstate yes you can throw in a bit of history but yeah it's definitely the history of the Canberra wine region and you know the founding pioneers of our region and uh, and the sort of grapes that we are famous for and becoming even more and more famous for so uh, yeah that's cool
0: and what do you think you need do you need special like personal attributes for the job like Obviously, what you are saying before, you need to be able to drive as well as
1: maybe talk, talk. or to, to ignore conversations you need to concentrate, for example. But, um, I think multitasking, yes. which is why I think, weirdly enough, women can be quite good at that because we are so used to multitasking, especially, like I said, if you have kids in the back, you have to be able to concentrate, yes. talk. To... Yes, you do have to do that a little bit. You know, sometimes they'll talk between themselves. That's fine. But yeah, you do have to be able to do both safely. Yes. Uh, For sure. Other attributes, I would say uh, general curiosity. It's nice to be able to connect with people on different levels. I find because I've lived a lot overseas and, you know, I'm a little bit older, uh, I can sort of relate or find something of a common interest with people. And if I can't, you have to be curious and ask them, you know, something about one of their passions and then you learn it's like taking my friends and family around at the end of the day at the end of the tour i often say wow i really learned a lot today oh, that's <laughs> so great. i think you have to have a general curiosity and an openness to hear what people... and a friendliness i think but oh, you definitely have, have to yeah. be gregarious and yeah, just easy going too because at any time it can you have to be flexible, because at any time it might change. Sometimes people might say, oh, you know what, we don't want to go there, we just want to have a long lunch. So you have to be able to organise while you're on the trip.
0: Yeah, the logistics. Uh, the
1: logistics of it. Obviously, Nathan, who owns Van Duvin, he's always in the background helping as well while he's doing tour or if he's not doing a tour. So that's always a something to lean on as well.
0: And it's a part-time role
1: for you. It is, it's casual, <coughs> so it's... Often on the weekend, so you have to be prepared to to give your weekends up, uh, which is fine for me at the moment because I can just say, "See you later, everybody." Family, <laughs> <laughs> come back to a cooked meal, so I'm all good with that. And in during the week, I just if there's a tour, I'll take it, and if there's not, I you know I can do other things. So yeah, it's not at the moment anyway, full time job. But I often do it four times a week, Great. sometimes five. So, and that would be yeah. um, how often? How long do the tours go for? Like four or five hours? It or? depends. It be uh, they offer like a petit tour, which is about five hours, and then the all-day luxury tour could last about eight hours. Right. Yeah. yeah, and depending on where people live, if you have to pick them up, uh, well, we do pick them up, uh, so they could add a little bit extra to your time. It's a great job for mums. I think so, if you have support on the weekend for Mm. sure. Also for younger people as well, because if they're interested in wine or people, they like working with people. No day is the same really and you're not sitting in an office, which is one of my objectives. I didn't you know, I did finance for many years and I just couldn't couldn't sort of fathom sitting in an office all day anymore. (laughs) So what do you think are the most challenging parts of the job? The challenging parts are sometimes when the the group is a little bit larger and they're very merry <laughs> and it's a little bit like herding sheep at some point. That's probably the most challenging part, keeping on time yes. as well, because obviously if you've made an appointment for a group of 10, you don't want to be late. It sort of puts the wine winery out or the restaurant out so you have to keep to time so that's a little bit tricky as well Uh, apart from that there aren't that many challenges in the in the job at all I don't think Not great yeah just keeping everyone happy you know you'll get tears you'll get laughs you'll get everything so just being not to be shocked by anything basically not too many tears (laughs) well Sometimes if they have a gin that can kind of push them over the edge, but
0: <laughs> it's all good.
1: Um, is there anything else you'd like to share about your job? I just think do the job if you're curious, passionate, interested in wine, learning from others because the, the, our region is such a special region mm-hmm. in, in the sense that it's very boutique and so you often meet the winemakers and any knowledge you can get from them is fantastic knowledge. And they're very generous with their knowledge. They're very helpful. They're very lovely. And they're also interested in speaking to you and the guests. And what I love about this area is that if you go to one winery and, for example, are you not so keen on that type of Chardonnay that they'll have on offer, and then they'll say, what sort of Chardonnay do you like? You like such and such? Oh, then go and try this, Mm. this winery because that is exactly what you're looking for and yeah I just think be open-minded ask questions
0: it is great how there's that sort of lack of competition amongst the the
1: wineries in the region and they're very promote everybody exactly you can't have a standalone winery they know that and it is a small community and I just think they they in general are very very together and help each other and respect each other as well which is super important
0: yeah
1: well that Mm. sounds great
0: Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. (laughs) My next guest is Amelia Bidgood. She's the founder of Eat Canberra Food Tours. Amelia saw a gap in the market after doing food tours on a trip to Europe. She loves food and showing off some of the special dining spots in Canberra's coolest and most diverse suburb. Welcome, Amelia. Amelia. Hi Amelia, thank you very much for joining me on the Wine to Us
2: podcast today. Hello, thank you for this opportunity.
0: Now you're the founder of Eat Canberra Food Tours, but that's just one little thing that you do. You've also got your Eat Canberra, the online food guide, you do freelance writing, you even have judged some hospitality and tourism awards, and you run an Airbnb, so you are a busy lady. Yep. But can you tell us, how did Eat Canberra Food Tours get started? And then we'll talk a bit
2: more about what you do. Yeah, no worries. Um, So I'm originally from Queensland and I studied journalism and worked in hospitality for about eight years. When I moved to Canberra, I was doing a lot of freelance writing for different publications and also actually found it quite difficult to find out where to go in Canberra, what to eat. It was at this time that this was probably about 13 years ago now, right? So it was, Canberra's changed a lot since then. And I thought, why not combine my passion, my skills, my interests into one and start my own little online blog. So that started as Eat Canberra. So that, I guess the social media side of things, we have the website that's grown now to have an audience of over 37,000 foodies. So really good. A few years later, I I traveled a lot, I've been overseas a lot and I've done a few food tours overseas. Mm. So sort of Canberra is a great place. um, There's a lot of opportunities. So I came back to Canberra and thought, I wonder if that would work here to take people offline and to give them an experience, show people another side of Canberra and help them discover the amazing businesses here and show them what people are doing. So that was essentially, I guess, how it started. And yeah, that was back in 2017. I love that you got that overseas inspiration and brought it back to Canberra. yeah, yeah definitely
0: um, when you did journalism did you focus on food writing then did you or were you very broad
2: or? yeah pretty broad I um when I was a lot younger I wanted to be a you know reporter or getaway Katrina Roundtree oh, yes. I wanted yes. to be the next and then I guess I started doing some writing for Sunshine Coast Daily like through uni through I did an internship at the ABC in Canberra oh, actually nice. the radio did some camera work like at the Walkley um, conference so I did a lot of different things. Um, I think what I really enjoyed is the writing side of it, and also the video side of it. So that reporting side of it, whether that's producing, scripting, being on camera, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't sort of focus on the food at that time. I guess it wasn't really an option, or I didn't really think. I had a specific interest there that I wanted to focus on. I did actually study, <laughs> another thing to throw in there, a diploma of beauty therapy because oh. originally I did want to be a beauty editor of a yeah. magazine as well. So I thought, you know, study my beauty therapy, study journalism and combine them. But then as I sort of went on, I thought, yeah, you know, what, beauty editor of magazines probably not really for me. <laughs> Just as
0: well as magazines did. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
2: That's right. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go down that path. Um, but when I was doing my freelance writing, so it was when um, Her Canberra actually yeah. started originally. And I did some freelance writing for Her Canberra and was doing, you know, that was more of that lifestyle sort of stuff. Mm. So the food stuff there as well. So I guess that's just where my interest laid. And, yeah, I love to cook. I love to eat. My mum had a cafes for 15 years. Big family I have. And food has always been a big part of my life. And I love people. I love to share my passions with people as well. So, oh, yeah, kind of cool. just went that way with the, the food and showcasing that through Eat Canberra. And I think especially when you kicked off because –
0: I know I arrived in Canberra a similar time to you, and Canberra is very hidden. Like, a lot of the suburbs have their little central areas, but if you arrive in the city, you don't know about them, and it's very hard to know where to go, so I think you're certainly onto something then. Um, when you kicked off, though, it sounds like Canberra had um, changed a lot, like the whole Braddon area mm. has exploded with um, an amazing food scene there. Yeah. So how did you implement your idea? Like, did you contact the businesses? How did you get it all started?
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting you say, um, just going back to what you said about, you know, Canberra has all these interesting places you might not necessarily know. I guess that's one of the points of why we do our tours is to show people another side of Canberra and to help them discover Canberra from a local's perspective yep. um, Canberra has a bit of a bad rap you know it's getting a yes, lot better but yes. uh, I mean, I admit myself not being from here uh, Canberra has a certain perception Especially being a Queenslander Yeah lane, but a Queen's that's lane, right, that's right. <laughs> It's cold and <laughs> that's boring Exactly <laughs> everyone, that's what everyone said to me when I was moving I'm like why are you moving to yeah. Canberra But anyway I discovered that other side of Canberra while being here and wanted to share that with other people to help shape and shift people's perceptions yeah. and since so, then so we've had people come on the tours who have said they've moved to Canberra mm. from coming on our tours and people who have lived here their whole lives for who have never been to some of the places because we all get in a little comfort bubble we right do. we go to yeah. our same places and order the same thing and that's sort of another thing with Canberra so for locals or visitors it's to help yeah helps people see another side of it but coming back to yeah how I guess I started it and it was at that time then where Braddon had sort of started changing in those last few years yeah. now you can find you know how restaurants you can find the gastropubs you can find the beautiful patisseries mm. The you know we've got a brewery there we've yeah. got amazing gelato we've got handmade chocolates there is so much and it's so incredible so I guess I just sensed and picked up what I think would work I love food love eating it love cooking it so it really came down to what I thought other people would like and what would help showcase some of the great businesses we can't do every everything and we can't take people everywhere but every business I guess has a link to it whether it's a um, family business or um, has a really interesting story and obviously have has really delicious food so it really came down to um, me sort of yeah, doing that research, terrible job, uh, and finding those places and then approaching them. And, you know, that was hard being a young woman going there, starting this idea that no one like Eat Canberra Food Tours is Canberra's first and only dedicated food tour company going in there with this idea that I didn't really know how it was going to go. I was just going for it and asking people to trust and seeing if they wanted to be a part of it. It was challenging, but that's how I did it. And it was all really about finding like-minded people, businesses that have an open mind and aren't traditionally, I guess, have that traditional mindset and um, finding people who wanted to collaborate. So, yeah, it it was um, just about going for it and telling them my idea and seeing if they wanted to be a part of it. And from there, I just sort of made it all happen and took a bit of a risk. I think the first one we did, I had a group of friends. So I took on the food tour, got their feedback. They were very supportive, but also, you know, were able to give me some different feedback that, you know, constructive criticism, which is great. And then from there, just sort of put it out there and yeah.
0: Starting your own business is really tough. We know that you've got some great skills with your journalism and your love of food, but what are sort of personal attributes do you think you need to bring to starting your own business as well?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, really challenging, as you'd know as well. Um, but I think dedication, understanding the business side of things and I guess seeking support if you need to, if you don't know something, to ask people. Is that hard to
0: find when you're starting your business? Oh,
2: absolutely. And Mm -hmm. even now, I I actually find it really challenging. I'm kind of focused on doing things without letting too too many people in, I guess. It's hard. There's, There's trust, you know, there's reaching out, there's your time, your resourcing. So that is definitely hard. I guess one thing I would say looking back is that To If you are starting a business, to look at your business with a business mindset initially. I think we all have the hobbies and passions. And for me, that's how it started. And that's fantastic. Like, it is amazing to be able to turn that into a business. But it's very different going into something with a business mindset from the start to starting something just because it's a passion and a hobby. So I guess, yeah, what's something I would learn is to understand and set up things, you know, Not properly, because you can also, you know, procrastination, you can stop and it can make you not doing things. So things don't have to be perfect, but just understanding things like tax and Mm -hmm. and accounting and your business structure and making sure your business is viable as well. Um, Because business, like running a business is challenging just to do it, but the actual financial side of things as well is another element of it. So, yeah. We're saying COVID's thrown
0: a big spinner in the works. Yeah. But you're on the rebuilding stage now yeah that's
2: right yeah it was um super challenging like it has been for all of us in our own ways um especially the hospitality and tourism industries before covid that was coming into our third year of running the business full time and you know i'd say after 3 years that's when you sort of businesses make or break and we were uh, you know i was going for it it was in a great place and then covid hit and that sort of all came to a screeching halt and then for the following two years after that I started and you know I had to pretty much stop the business unfortunately for me it was not so much I couldn't adapt as much as some other businesses uh could and um restarted and stopped the business multiple times during that period um and now you know just waited then for the right time where I thought we could, can you know, get some consistency again. And, yeah, that's where we are now. We relaunched um, the Taste of Braddon tour, which is the original uh, food tour that I started uh, last year. So that one's been consistently running. Before COVID, we have four four different food tours we would run as well as some pop-up ones but just starting with that original one that we know we've got a good base for that one and then recently launched an urban wine and food tour as well so hopefully this year is about rebuilding and then relaunching some additional products
0: and you've got four casual staff working with
2: you now I do.
0: So as an employer, what are you looking for in your tour guides?
2: Yeah, so tour guides, I guess um, one of the things that I go for when I ask people for the applications is to send a video in of them answering some of the questions. And that allows me to, I guess, see their personality as well and to give me their insight and understanding of Canberra's food scene. So, yeah, it is about the personality, about their passion too as a food tour guide. That's really, you know, a big part of it is the storytelling, your passion, your understanding, your knowledge, how you work with people, how you can adapt to different situations.
0: That's such a good idea.
2: Because you can see that then and you you can get a feel of how people are and, you know, it's a bit confronting, I think, you know, filming a video but at the same time it allows you to see someone you know, being able to...
0: You say it's confronting, but the thing is it's confronting
2: meeting a group of people if you never met before. right. And walking
0: them around town. Exactly, so, yeah. yes,
2: yes. So if they can do that, you know, on the video, then it gives me, you know, good um, understanding of what they could potentially be like. And that is, yeah, it's a big thing, meeting a group of people, and you have to have that, you know, confidence, and you have to have that ability to be able to talk to anybody and to adapt to different personalities on mm. food tours as well. Um, I think it's all about a bit of not acting, maybe a bit of performance as well. So yeah, lots of different things. So what's the best part of being a tour guide, do you think? Yeah, I think meeting different people, showing them new experiences and giving them new experiences, working with our amazing venue partners and being able to help them and showcase their business. And yeah, being able to talk about food and Canberra and Canberra's food and and drink scene. I think all of that stuff is definitely, yeah, some of the best. And so what's the challenging parts of the job? So I think the challenging part is that the energy. Sometimes you have to have a lot of energy to run food tours. And that can be challenging if you're not feel. you know, if you're having a, if you're a bit tired or if you're going through something, being able to switch your energy on for the food tours I think can be can be a bit challenging. But generally, like you know it's all pretty fun, it's a pretty fun job. Oh, that's
0: cool. <laughs> and so how many hours does the tours go for?
2: Yeah, so our taste of bread goes for four hours. We have done um, in the past a truffle hunt and tasting tour, Wait. which is a pop-up one. it was awesome. that was an all- day tour. So all of our tours currently are walking food tours. That one we hired a bus, we had a driver, we went out to wineries, we went out to the truffle farms, we did a heap of things, but generally four hours. Our new tours will be about that. Amelia, now I know that you uh,
0: have stepped a little bit back from the tour side but can you tell us like a bit of an example of the day in the life of what you do with eat canberra food yeah yeah
2: absolutely so my amazing for casual uh, food tour guys run some of the tours i still do them but my focus has been a lot more on the business side of things and the operations side of things just to get things sort of back into a place Mm -hmm. where we need it to be so my role, I guess, is operations. So booking our um, booking the tours with all of our venues, making note of any dietary requirements, making sure that's all booked in and ready to go to ensure that the food tour is smooth and all, all running. And then food tour guide. So if I was then running that tour, also any communication with our um, customers, so answering any questions they may have, ensuring that you know that. Confirmation emails have been received anything like that and then we'd usually arrive about 15 minutes before the tour starts if we wanted to check in with our venues quickly we can do a little run around Um, and then it's basically waiting for our group to arrive if we have any latecomers, we'd follow them up with a call and then we get straight into it so we do a bit of an introduction we give people an insight about what the tour will involve and then we go around for about four hours during that tour it's everything from keeping making sure everyone's happy making sure everyone's fed uh, making Sure, everyone's informed. Also, gauging, like, you know, how much energy do you need? Do you need to go a bit up for this group, or do you need to sort of tone it down? And then it can also be helping our venues. So, it is a bit like integrating hospitality into it so we might help serve some of those drinks or take some you know plates clear some plates or things like that but also just ensuring our timing is is on like yeah we're not super super strict but we also do have times that our venues expect us to be there and to wrap up the tour and so people might have plans after the tour so we need to ensure our guests you know leave by a certain time Just, I guess, gauging to make sure everyone's happy.
0: Oh, that sounds great. Oh, I think that sounds wonderful. The, all the links to where we can find you Yeah, you're on getaway
2: you didn't yes, know I, did. I was on getaway <laughs> i wasn't the reporter but, but maybe when katrina uh, finishes <laughs> up they might give me the call so you know i'll, I'll be here getaway you <laughs> so can put a link to where you can find that yeah absolutely and
0: that show notes and everything yeah absolutely and, uh, jump along and come and check it out yeah. yeah thank you so much
2: amelia thank you so much yeah, that, that's great
0: For everything discussed today, please check the show notes or head over to windelust.com.au. And also a big thank you to the ACT Government Office for Women for supporting this series. Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe now to get each episode as they drop. You can also check out this podcast on YouTube and see pictures of the region and the people I've spoken to. Go to winderlust.com.au, that's W I N E D E R L U S T.com.au for everything discussed today. You can also subscribe to my newsletter to hear all about my upcoming events and other news. Till next time, happy wine travels.
1: Welcome, Amelia.